we're in, we're in a series called Heart, and this is part five. So we're going to continue our service, and actually I'm going to wrap it up today, and the next week we'll do some a Christmas-themed message and preparing for, for uh, the 24th. And so we think it'll be great next week if you come back and, and be ready for Christmas. But today we're going to wrap up this, this series um, on the heart. Uh, if this is your first time here, um, or you missed a couple of messages, um, I'll, let me just kind of catch you up. You're, you'll be coming in the end of the conversation. And so if you have more questions after today's message, that's okay. Uh, you can, man, talk to somebody you came with. You can listen to the, la- the last few weeks' podcasts uh, to catch up or watch on Facebook. Um, but, but we're in the end of the conversation. So I'm, I'm going to catch you up a little bit if you haven't been here to let you know. Uh, and this is why the Heart Series is so important, because uh, this season has a way of revealing to us a lot of things within us. Uh, you know, different emotions, different things that we face, go through, um, different memories of family members or, or lack of relationships, whatever, they, they tend to surface. And this series, I'm hoping to uh, be able to help us say, hey, pay attention to these things. They're not necessarily a bad thing. They can actually be a really good thing if we, if we catch them and use them to our advantage. And so this is part five uh, of the series, Heart. Uh, let me just review. The last few weeks, the first week we talked about how um, if we're going to follow and become the kind of people God wants us to become, we have to learn to love to be generous. We have to love giving all right, of ourselves, of our time, of our resources, everything that we have. We have to learn to be able to let go of those open, open-handed. And we say it like this. We said we give because it declares that God is first. That was the first week that it says, God, we put you first in all things. Uh, the second week, we talked about life-giving. We said you can only reproduce who you are. And God is looking for people that will be life-giving people. That everywhere you go, that life is a result or, or um, the, pro, the produce of what um, your, your life is, is doing. You're producing life in relationships and people around you. And then the third week was Thanksgiving. We talked about gratitude. And we said that comparison, it causes us to see what we don't have. But gratitude causes us to see what we do have. It's important that we are always aware that we are thankful for the things we do have because that helps us to not get sucked into the comparison trap. Uh, which really comparison sucks the life from us, and nobody wins in comparison. When you compare, nobody wins. Everybody, everybody some end, ends up holding a shorter stick, and so it makes us miss what's right in front of us. In the last week, we talked about part four was trust, and we said that trust is the currency of relationships. So if you don't have trust in a relationship, your relationship won't be healthy. And we said God knows this, and this is why it's one of the main things he's trying to, to establish and develop within us is, is a, a, um, a, a trust for two things. The one that we can trust him, and so he challenges us, hey, follow my ways, and you'll see the, that they're going to lead you to something good. And the second part is he wants to see if he can trust us, and so he's trying to develop us. And so we said, we talked about how when we go through challenges and trials and temptations um, and tests, that they're actually, God is using those to develop something within us. Uh, we called it character, and, and it was, uh, we talked about the tempering process, that he's trying to make us strong and more resilient as we face difficulties. And that's a good thing because he believes in us. And we said, what would it look like if instead of facing trials and, and tests as a negative, that we actually embraced him and said, what are you wanting me to get out of this in this situation? How many become stronger through it? It just changes things because he's trying to, he's trying to establish trustworthiness in us. Um, he wants to see if we, um, if we have what it takes uh, through these tests over time and we, we're consistent. And so that was last week. Uh, so this whole series, when it comes to the heart, Jesus makes a, a, a statement in the first sermon that he preaches called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5 and 6 is where the sermon's found. And he makes a statement that we've used the whole series. He says that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We said the first week that your heart, it always follows your treasure. So if you want to know what's important to somebody, just pay attention to how they, how they steward things, what they, what, they, um, what they treasure in their lives. Uh, this week, you know, I don't, I don't know what day your trash day is, uh, but when, when you take 
um, your trash out to the curb, uh, you don't treasure that. None of that is treasure, right? You, you throw it away because it doesn't matter. There's no value there. Um, but where you, the things that you keep show that you what you treasure. In fact, if you went to my office and you spent just two minutes, okay, looking at my office, looking at uh, what, what I have hanging on the walls, what's on the bookshelves, uh, even the books that are on the bookshelves, if you just took some moments to pay attention to the details of what's there, you would quickly assess what's important to me. Why? Because I've made a statement by saying this is important, so I'm going to keep it here. This is important, I'm going to keep it here. These things are important to me. Because we, we value the things that we value, the things that we treasure, our heart follows that. And it's very easy to see. So you'd see some pictures of my family. In fact, a lot of pictures of my family, which means I value my family. A lot of books, and specifically leadership and, and um, different business principle books, because I, I value knowledge. I, I want to be the best that I can be, and I want to learn. Uh, so I value that. You'd see that very quickly. You'd, find, you'd see these little trinkets in my office. Um, that they're, Some of them wouldn't make sense to you. You'd be like, why does he have a piece of, piece of clothing laying there on his desk? Um, it reminds me of when I fell off a roof, so I'd never forget the lessons I was supposed to learn from that. Um, but I have these little things that just remind reminders, and I say these are, these are valuable to me. Um, and I, I keep them there. And in your life, if you pay attention to the things that are around you, you'll actually begin to see what's important to you. And that's what this series is about. In fact, Jesus, when he's talking, we said this series is really about a stewardship message where he's saying, all right, you should – in fact, he says store up treasures on, on – don't store treasures on earth. Store up treasures in heaven, that your life would be focused not just on the here and now but also what God has. Because here's the, the good news of, of, of the gospel is that life is not just about, about here and now and this Life is more than just this time on earth. Like that, That's just the beginning. That's not the whole story. It's just part of the story. And he's saying make sure that you set your attention on things that are beyond just here and now and, and beyond yourself. And this is the message of the Bible. Over and over, God is saying don't get so focused on self that you forget and, and pay attention to what's going on, what you value, what you treasure. Uh, so today we're going to talk about this, what, what, what we treasure um, to, in, our, in our lives. All right? So there's a... Um, there's a proverb that we found. Last week I talked about trust, and there was a verse that I used that says, who can understand the heart? Like it's deceitful. deceitful. Like it, it, it misleads us. Um, our heart sometimes can't be trusted. And the prophet Isaiah was telling us, who can trust it? Uh, but God understands. He looks at the heart. He's, he's paying attention. You have to be aware of it. Um, and this week I thought as we wrap up the, the heart series, this is what I want you to pay attention to is that our heart is very, very important. The things that we value, the things that we um, – the, the way we view life – um, the way that uh, that we our outlook on 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 relationships, our outlook on things that we encounter, different things. It's so so important, and it all actually starts in the heart. Let me read a, a scripture for you, in, found in Proverbs four twenty three. So Solomon is giving advice to his kids, um, and he gives this advice in chapter four of Proverbs. He's saying, get wisdom, value wisdom. This is what it's going to do for you. All the all the benefits of, of having wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And he's going through. He's giving this advice. And he gets to this place where he's telling his sons and daughters, like, pay attention uh, to what I'm telling you because it's going to produce some good things in you. Then he gets to this point when he says this. He says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. Another translation says that it determines the course of your life. Um, um, that we have to keep our heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. I love how that says that out of, out of, out of a heart springs the issues of life. Like, if you want to know what's going on in your life and, and, and uh, you want to know why you respond certain ways, just pay attention because out of your heart is, is the issues. That's, where, that's the source of all these issues. Say, so, no, no, my issues, it's my boss. Like, you don't understand my boss. I mean, he's, he's not, he's a jerk. Like, no, no, okay, that might be true. He might be a jerk. But really, the issue is not your boss. The issue is how you respond in, in those situations. 
My husband. You don't even know my husband. Man, if you knew my husband, you would understand he's the issue. No, no, that might be true. It might, it might not be the best husband, but the issue is not him. It's actually right here in our heart. The issue is how we view things. In, in fact, Solomon says in the Proverbs, says, out of our heart springs all the issues of life. Like the circumstance we find ourselves in, the circumstances aren't always the problem. It's, it's how we see the circumstances. It's how we approach the circumstances because what's in our heart. It's a matter of the heart. In fact, you, maybe you're hearing you say, no, you understand what they did to me when I was young. You don't understand how an authority figure, whatever, mis, mis, misused his authority and caused pain and problems in my life. That might be true, and, and that's not good, but in the middle of it, that's not really the issue. Like that, that causes it, some circumstances, but the issue is really your heart of saying, what are you going to do with that? Because what happened is that circumstance got lodged in your heart, and now everything you do in life flows from that, that issue, that, that circumstance. And what, what God is saying is, he, does, he doesn't want those things to happen, but in the middle of it, he can still help us to be free from letting, keeping those, letting those things keep us back, hold us back from his best in life. It's, it's really the current condition of our heart that determines how we view life, is what he's saying. It's, the heart is the source of our relationships. It's the source of how we view relationships, how we interact with people. And here's a challenge that we have as people, all right, as humans, um, is that we tend to focus on the outside and we forget about the inside. Like we see the symptoms of things, we see the external things, but we, we, we don't always pay attention to what's really causing that. Somebody, maybe us, we get angry and we think anger is a problem, but really there's something deeper in that that caused us to get angry. It's a worldview. It's something that we, how we think about ourselves. And really the truth is this, that the outside, it's only reflecting the inside. So when you get angry, that's not the issue. The issue is really there's something deep inside. Solomon's saying pay attention to your heart. Because that anger that's coming out, it's, it's reflecting something that's inside of you. How you view the world, how you see things. In fact, 1 Samuel 6.17, God tells the prophet Samuel, he says this, he says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. People tend to focus on the outside and look at just what's happening, but God is saying, no, what's, what's really happening on the inside? That's what's really important. Pay attention to the, in, to the inside. In fact, we will never get healthy if we only focus on the external things, these would be symptoms, and ignore the real issues, which are the internal. Now, if you're ever in a, in, a, in a confrontation, if you're in, in, a, in a conversation or an argument, uh, if you only focus on the outside and you're not paying attention to what really is being said, you'll miss out and think it's all about what's happening here, but there's really something deeper on the inside. When somebody gets upset, it's, it's not that, that um, it, something is causing them to get upset. There's something deeper that's causing that to come out and, and show itself that way. And here's the thing. God wants to fix the things on the outside. He wants to fix your marriage. He wants to fix the way you, you approach things, finances, all that. But if you don't take care of the inside, eventually the outside will only go back to the way it was. Because if you don't fix the inside, the outside will only return to the way it was because the outside only reflects the inside. And here's the challenge we have and the problem we have is we want temporary fixes that make things look good, but we don't deal with the real root issue. And so eventually all of our problems that we thought were, well, they look good now. They must be okay. It'll just revert back to where it was because we haven't dealt with the real issue. In fact, we see this with lottery winners, right? I don't know if you've heard this before, but when, when somebody wins a the lottery, they have like a 96% chance that they'll be worse off in life than they were before they won. Like 96%, 95, 96% of people that win the lottery actually have less money within a few years of winning all that money. Why is that? Isn't that crazy? Because we all think, well, no, man, if I had all that money, it'd be awesome. Well, here's the thing. They get something that's external, something on the outside, but 
because they never had the discipline or, or the character to handle that kind of money in the first place. When they get it all, they lose it all. Why? Because the outside only reflects the inside, how they handle it. I read an article on this man who um, won Biggest Loser. He lost 120, I think 122 pounds, um, won a quarter of a million dollars, and then within a few, few months, within the year, um, he actually gained more weight than he lost in the show. Um, and they said because it was focused on the outside, the external, there was things that didn't change on the inside, how he handled stress, how he handled these things. And they interviewed and asked him these questions. He said, I wasn't able to. As soon as I, I won, it was like I reverted back to my old way of thinking, my old thought patterns. Why? Because the outward reflects the inward. What's happening on the inside is shown through the outside. Um, and, and here's the thing when it comes to, to us and tests like last week, the, the test most people the test that most people are likely to fail is actually success. A lot of times because we want success in things, but we don't, when we get it, if we don't have the character, if we don't allow God to work inside of us, we won't be able to stand up under that, under that success, under the things that come our way. And over and over we see this. And so for my heart, my heart is this, God, I don't, as you give me success, as you bless my life, as you help me more and more, help me to be the kind of person that can stand up under that weight. I don't want to fail after I accomplish good things. I want to be able to go the whole course, the whole way. Um, I read an article about this, um, this man who grew up in, in, in um, a really poor neighborhood, and he became a mogul, music mogul, made millions and millions of dollars. And he talked about his journey and how hard it was to work and, and, and how, how much time and effort he put into his, 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 his business and eventually made it made really big after a lot of years. And now his kids are growing up in, in the luxury of what he has. And he says his greatest concern is that his kids don't understand the value of what they have. Like they don't, they didn't, they weren't with him on the process of earning all that. And so now it's just, it's just stuff. It's just things. It's, it's whatever money can buy. And he says, one day I'm going to pass this all to my kids. And if I don't do a good job as a father, this is actually going to kill him. Like it's going to crush him and it'll do no good for them. Why? Because he understands that if, if the inside's not right, then whatever you have on the outside is not going to make it better. You have to start with the inside. You always have to start with the inside. Um, the outside only shows what's on the inside. Uh, so so Sol- Solomon says, above all else, guard your heart. So let's look at a couple of principles that we can figure out how do we guard our heart. So he's telling us, God has given us this word to, to, to guard our heart, to make sure we pay attention because all the issues of life flow from it, right? Well, this is the statement he makes in, in Proverbs 20. Right before he makes that statement, this is what he says, my son. We can say son or daughter. It's, it's not just boys. It's boys and girls like sons. Uh, my sons, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words and let the, don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are, like, they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So you want healthy relationships, right? We say that a lot. Healthy people do healthy things. Saying, pay attention to my words. They're going to lead you to do healthy things and you'll have health in your life. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Be careful of what's going in. And be careful of what's coming out is what he's saying. Like, pay attention to your heart. Be careful what you're taking in and be careful what you're letting out. Pay attention to those things. So that first principle, I would say this. When he says guard your heart, the first thing he gives us is he says pay attention. Like, make sure you're aware of who you're listening to. So my question to you is, who are you listening to in your life? What are those major influences that, you're on a, that you listen to on a daily basis or on a weekly basis? In fact, if you tell me whether you listen to CNN or Fox News... I can almost tell you kind of where, you're, where you lean when it comes to your political um, event, like what, what, you, what you value, what you don't value. And even on that, I'll tell you even some things that would make you upset. 
Because if all your influences are always these things, you'll eventually begin, they'll eventually get in so much that they'll come out and they'll show themselves. If Hollywood is, is something that is the voice that you listen to all the time, all the values of Hollywood will eventually get in your heart and you'll think, I have to have, I have to do all these things, I have to be all these things for everybody to, to so I can have everybody's approval. And the message is that they'll get into us and they'll be up, begin to affect us. Um, one of my mentors, he told me, he said, Eric, when, when, when as you go through this, this journey of, of ministry and life, there's going to be times where people are going to come to you and you're going you're to make a difference in their life, you're going to help them, but they're going to say all these nice things to you, like over the top, it's not bad. He said, just don't let it go to your head. All right? Don't let it go to your head, don't let it get in your heart. Because those same people that say good things, one day they'll come and they'll say bad things. And if, if their voice is, is so valuable that, you, you, that it's more valuable to you than God's voice, then when they say all these nice things, it's going to make you feel good. But as soon as they say something bad, you won't be able to stand up under it. So, so guard your heart. Be careful of what the influence you let in. Because when it comes both ways, it's going to affect you. It's going to, it's going to cause your heart to affect your heart. So this is what he says after. So above all else, guard your heart. And then he goes on and he makes some statements that gives us some more principles of what we need to do to guard our hearts. If you want to guard your heart, you want to be aware of what's there. He tells us this. So after he says guard your heart, it flow, all the issues of life flow from it. He says keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So the first part, we're going to focus on the mouth. So he gives us these four things to do. So pay attention to our influences. Guard your heart. Okay, That's important. And he says, then pay attention to these four things. In your life, if you want to know where your heart is, just pay attention to these four things. The first thing is this. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Let corrupt talk far from, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Another translation says, put away a deceitful mouth. This would be lying. This would be misleading. Uh, this would be gossiping. He's saying, don't talk out both sides of your mouth. Like, be consistent in the way you think. Like, uh, be, be careful. And then one, one, one says it like this. Even. He says, it's, our mouth is the source of life's consequences. Like, when you have consequences in your life, a lot of times you can track it back down to the things you said. If you're married, you understand this. Um, if you've ever been in a conversation and you say something, and as the word is leaving your mouth, you're thinking, oh, that was really dumb. Don't, don't go. And then the person gets in like, oh, what? And then it's on, right? The argument's on. My wife and I, a while back, we had this, this conversation that turned into um, not so nice of a conversation. And um, I said, I'd said something, and as soon as it left, I knew, oh, this is not good. It's not going to be good. And the consequences of what came from that was because of that one word. And here's the thing. If I were to change the word from what I said to something a little nicer, no argument, no misunderstanding, conversation went on like it was a good conversation. But because I chose the wrong word, it led us down a path of misunderstanding, and eventually we figured out, and it worked out. But, but the consequences of what we say, they're there. So he's saying pay attention to what you say. Jesus says this in Luke 6.45 about our mouth. All right? He says, a good man, he brings good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. You want to know why people are doing things? Because they've stored these things up in their heart. He says, for the mouth, our mouth that speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So the heart is going to come out. What's there? It comes out through our mouth. So if you want to know what your heart is full of, just pay attention to the words that you speak. Pay attention to what comes out of your mouth. If you want to know what's inside your heart, Pay attention to what comes out of your mouth. That's what Jesus is saying. Out of our heart 
the mouth speaks. Our speak is, is coming from that. Um, if, we, if we'll pay attention, we'll be able to overcome. Pay attention. And especially in, in conversations where maybe it gets a little heated or there's misunderstanding, emotions get in there, pay attention because it's going to reveal really what's there. And so, so Solomon's telling his kids, if you want to guard your heart, guard what comes out of your mouth. James tells us, if you want to be perfect, just don't let anything come out of your mouth that's, uh, that's not good. If you can control your mouth, he says, you'll be perfect. I'm like, wow, that's a pretty big statement. If you can just control the things you say, things would be perfect in your life is what he's saying. But we know our heart, it's in our heart. What we let in our heart eventually comes out. So if we don't guard our heart, our mouth will speak things. So keep your mouth free from perversity. Let corrupt talks be far from your lips. The next thing is this. He says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. So he's saying, let your eyes look directly ahead towards the path. One translation says, towards the path of moral courage. And let the gaze be fixed in front of you towards the path of integrity. I love this, the way the, um, I think it's Amplified says it like that, that he's saying, let it be focused on moral courage. Like this idea that, all right, on this path, like you made this decision, I want to be successful in marriage. All right. So you don't just end up there in an accident. You have to, you have to walk there. You have to, you have to create a path. And once you have your, your destination, like even when it gets difficult, let moral courage just keep walking down that path. Like, all right, this is hard, but I'm going to keep doing it. I made my mind up to get out of debt. Man, I really want to buy that fast food or whatever. I want to buy that car. No, no. Let, let courage guide you. Keep going forward. So he's saying let your eyes, let your eyes focus ahead and not get distracted. distracted. What we can say about that is this, is what captures your attention controls your life. Whatever captures your attention and you're focused on will control your life. And Solomon knew this. So he's saying, so let your attention be on what you're trying to accomplish. Don't let all these distractions on the sides pull your attention away. Because once they capture your attention, they're going to begin to control your path. They're going to control the way you go. Um, there's, there's a lady who was hired by Disney World a few years ago. And I read this article she wrote. She said that uh, she's, she's a cultural anthropologist. And so they brought her in to help, her figure, to help them figure out what toddlers and preschoolers, like what captures their attention. They said, we want to know what captures toddlers and preschoolers' attention. Help us to figure this out. So she came in, her, some of her team, and for, for they began to watch in, in, in Disney World to see what is capturing the attention of these little kids. And they said it didn't take very long to find out what really captured the attention of, the, of these, this age group. And he said, well, we were surprised. It had nothing to do with Disney World. I don't know if you can guess this, but they said they were, they were, what captured their attention was the cell phones of their parents. And he said, the more the parents were on it, the more the kids wanted it. That age group, toddlers and preschoolers. Why? Because they said, if mom and dad think that's valuable and that's the most important, I want that. Because all their attention was, was circled around that little device, which gave the message of saying that's really important. And she said that for her, as I was reading it, I kind of thought, thought that was kind of funny. You're in Disney World, right? It's like there's these cool little people walking around. They're dressed up and singing songs and all these lights and stuff. And where's the kid looking? At the screen. Like, I want the screen. Like, you can do that at home. We didn't need to buy a ticket to come to Disney World to look at the screen. But because the parents said this is important, kids, kids clearly understood what, their, what held their parents' attention. And they wanted it because it came, became the center of their focus. Um, and not paying attention to their kids, and that, that, that impacted them. Because um, here's the thing, whatever we focus on impacts us. Whatever we focus on eventually controls our actions, our behaviors, and our thoughts. Uh, one guy says it like this, he said that attention actually shapes our brain. Like whatever we give our attention to, that shapes the way we see things. So if 
Fox News is all you listen to, your brain is going to become a Fox News brain. If CNN is all you listen to, your brain is going to become a CNN brain. If Facebook is all you're doing all the time, your brain becomes whatever's on Facebook all the time. You with me? Yeah? Because whatever gets, whatever captures our attention will eventually control our life. And this is why, this is why Solomon says, pay attention to where your eyes are focused on. Pay attention to what you're, what you're focused on. Uh, Jesus says it like this in, in Matthew 13. So Jesus, he had, the biggest issue Jesus had was always with the religious leaders of his day. These people who said they represent God, who, who had it all together and thought they were told everybody they had it together, that they were missing out on God. Like they, they, were, they were so focused on the externals that they missed on really what was important. And God says, you're missing what's really important. And he makes a statement. He actually says it like this. He says, uh, he quotes the prophet Isaiah, you'll, you'll be ever hearing, but you'll never, never understanding. So the religious leaders, they're hearing, they're, they're, they know the Bible, they know the scriptures, they know these things. They'll ever be seeing, but never perceiving. For these, this people's heart has become calloused. Their heart has been blocked up. It's been, it's, it, they focus on the wrong thing. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. So they're, they're blocking their ears, they're closing their eyes to the things of God. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts. In turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And he tells his disciples, you're blessed because you're able to hear, you're able to dialogue about this, and you're able to see what I'm trying to do. And see, in Jesus, he was so upset. And, and I would say this the same for us. You could come to church, you can hear, you can see, you can experience, but if you don't let it into your heart, if you block it, you'll be just like the religious people of Jesus' day. They'll put on an outward show for everybody else. Man, you look really good. Man, things are going well. Yeah, it's good. Life is good. But behind the scenes, it's a whole different story. Why? Because the outside is not the most important. It's the inside. And we could put on a show, but eventually the outside will show because the outside always reflects the inside. And God knew this. He was saying out of their actions, it, it's, there's something in it they're not producing good fruit because they're so focused on what people say, what people think about them, that they're not doing what's right. He's saying pay attention to your heart. So keep your mouth free from perversity. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Right? Focus on what, pay attention to what you're focused on. And then the next one is give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in your ways. Another translation says mark out a straight path for your life. Like choose this path. Like what path are you going to be on? Like choose it. Mark out that path. Be po- properly prepared um, so that you could consider well what you're trying to accomplish. And then once you do that, once you watch where your feet are going, your ways will be established and you'll find success. So Solomon is saying if, if you will take time to plan your life, which means there has to be thought in behind it, right? You have to be thinking through. You have to be paying attention to where this path is leading. Like, like if you pay attention to it, you'll find success in your life. And here, here, cause here's the truth. Nobody ends up on top of a mountain on accident. Nobody ends up on top of a mountain accident. Nobody gets to Mount Everest and thinks, wow, how did I get to the top of Mount Everest? Like, this is a coincidence. <laughs> this is awesome, right? Like, yesterday I was in Santa Fe and today I'm on Mount Everest. Nobody does that. Anybody that's ever climbed Mount Everest knows it's a process. You have to have a plan. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost a big process of training, a team, all this stuff comes with it. In life is the same thing. If you want to find the mountaintop of success in marriage, you have to have a plan. You don't just show up there one day. It's a, it's a process you get to. You want to find the mountaintop of success in business? It's a process that you walk towards. In finances, in relationships, if you want that success, if you want to one day get there, 
you have to say, I have to put this plan in place. Um, I said a prayer when I was 14. I read, I read the prayer that Solomon prayed to God. And he said his, his one request from God was, God, I, don't have, I need wisdom to be able to accomplish and lead the people to do what you want me to do with my life. And at 14 years old, I read this prayer and I said, God, if it worked for Solomon, let it work for me. Like, give me wisdom to see what I need to see and to accomplish what you want me to accomplish. And I believe God, he heard my prayer. In fact, some people, they'll, they'll tell me sometimes, like, you're, you're, you're very positive. Um, in fact, my wife, we, did, we gave blood a while back, and uh, she's like, what kind of type do you think you are? And I'm like, whatever it is, I'm positive. That's all I know. And because uh, that is my approach in life. It's just there's, I, I see things differently. And, and if you want to know the truth, is because I prayed and said, God, help me to see things differently. I understand this life is not all there is. There's more to it than this. And life is not just about me. Um, and, and I remember at a young age, I prayed this. And what happened was God opened my eyes to see things that most students I don't think say, see. I would see my, my friends, um, and I would see the relationship with their parents. I would, see, um, I would see the choices they made. And it was like almost like I could see down the road, like, oh, that's not going to end good. I'm like, that's a really bad choice. That's, like gonna, that's not going to be good at all. And I begin to look around, and I, I begin to say, that path leads that way, and that path leads that way. And I really don't want that in my life. And so I remember at a young age, I said, I'm, I'm going to say no to those choices because I want to go on a different path. Like, God, I want your path. Lead me in this. Because nobody ends up on a mountaintop, on a mountaintop, on a mountain, on a, an accident. So I wanted my life to be purpose, to be full of purpose and intentionality. And I said, God, help me to do this. I believe because it started with a prayer that I said, God, my heart. You have to help me understand my heart. You have to under, help me understand what you want me to accomplish in this. So when it comes to our path, when it comes to giving thought to our ways, I love how, how Paul says it in Romans. Romans twelve says it like this. Romans twelve two, message translation I think sums up the best. He says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit right into it without thinking. It's like, pay attention. Like, don't just walk through life, just go into the motions. Don't just do whatever else is doing. Like, don't be so well-adjusted that you just fit in without thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Notice what he says there. You're going to be changed from where? Inside out. Not the outside in, which where everybody starts. Like, no, no, I want to fix the outside where everybody sees. Like, let's fix that. Let's get some new clothes. Let's, let's put on a good smile. Say, no, no, let, let God start on the inside, and eventually it'll work its way out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. That's all about knowing God's will. What is he trying to accomplish? Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best, the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. When we follow God, he's going to bring the best out of us. Like he's wanting to, to accomplish good things in our life, in our life where he, he makes us mature and he helps us to accomplish these things. So he's saying, pay attention. Don't just, don't just fit in. Don't, don't go through life without thinking. Consider the path you're on, your feet are on. Like, consider where it's leading you to. And then if you don't like the, de- the, end des- the end destination of that, then get off that path because eventually you'll get there. Um, so the first thing is keep your mouth for free, right? Let your eyes uh, look, look straight ahead. Give careful thought, right, to your path that your feet are on. Pay attention. And the fourth thing is this. Uh, do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Uh, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil, as another translation says. So leave evil in the dust. Um, in your actions. What he's saying is you know, we need to put guardrails in our lives that we just say, I'm not going to go beyond this in my relationships. When it comes to my interaction with um, somebody that's that's that's... Uh, if you're married, it'd be, I'm going to put a guardrail that says, I'm not going to go beyond this place when it comes to interaction with the opposite sex. That's not my wife. I'm going to be careful with that. And on this side, another guardrail that says, 
Um, I know that I have a tendency to go towards these things when I'm upset. Like I try to fill my anger, I fill my hurt with these these things, substances. Like I need to put guardrails that say, you know, if, this, if the problem's way over there, why don't I avoid that street all, completely altogether? And we have this, this, this path that we're on, and we put these guardrails. He's saying, like, protect yourself. Like, pay attention. Don't, don't get off track. And, and the way you'll see this by your actions, what you're thinking, what you're doing, all of these things before you, the way, what you're saying, what you're focused on, what you're thinking about, it shows you really what the path that you're on, what you're walking. And he's saying, stay. If, you're, if you find yourself that you're getting sidetracked, like, get back on the, on the path. Come back to God. Say, I need your help. I, I need your, your guidance in my life. Um, I said it last week, but I think it's worth repeating. I said that ignorance of self, of ourself, may be our greatest danger. Like not knowing what's really happening inside is the greatest danger that you have in your life. Like not understanding really what what's causing you to to, to go to these things, because uh, we cannot fix anything that we're unaware of. That's why, because we can't fix the things that we're not aware of in our lives. So if we're ignorant of what's causing these issues in our life, we won't be able to fix them. Um, last week I said it like this. I said that whatever is not revealed. Uh, cannot be healed. In your life, if there's something that's not been revealed, you can't heal it. Like if, if, if you're always thinking at work about these certain things, how that would make your life better, and if you only were able to do these things, like then life would be better. If, if you can only have these things in life, life would be better. And your, your thoughts always go away from where you're at to some other place. It's revealing to you something about yourself. And if you don't understand why, you won't be able to fix it. So what's the solution? Our solution is saying, God, help me to understand my heart. Like he said, um, like he quoted the prophet Isaiah, that if they would only turn to me, then I would heal their hearts. It just takes us turning to God. So here's, here's my challenge for the day. All right, this week and today, would you pay attention to your heart? Would you pay attention? In your conversations, would you pay attention to, to the words that you're speaking? Would you pay attention to the influence in your life and how they affect you? Would you pay attention to the things that are around you? Uh, what, what you're focused on? Where your thoughts tend to be all the time? Like those are all indicators and indication of where your heart is and what's important to you and what's valuable to you. Um, your actions. What are those steps you're doing? What are those things that you're the, the things that you're taking? And then I would say this: make it a make it a, a regular habit. At night is probably one of the best places, but it doesn't have to be at night. But before you go to sleep, and as you're praying, would you reflect on your day and say, God, what man? Where's my heart at? Like, what what are the issues that flew that, that came out of my heart today? If 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 our heart is the source of all the issues that are happening in our life, what, is it, what are my issues today saying about my heart? And reflect and be aware of it. Um, learn to listen to that. Learn, learn to, to listen to what, what, your, what your heart is saying. Uh, and then let God bring the best out of you. Um, what's coming out of you? What, what are you focused on? What are you thinking about? Um, so that's my challenge. This week, would you do that? In conversations, in those times that you're driving around on the road, pay attention to your heart. Um, Solomon says it's so important that he would say, above all else, guard this. Like, if you don't do anything else today, guard this. If you don't do anything else tomorrow or this week, guard this. Like, make sure that happens, because when you get this right, all this other stuff begins to work. And that's the whole purpose of the whole series, is saying when you trust God and his ways, and, and, you, and, and you're saying, God, I'm going to trust you. Why? Because there's a place of, uh, of relationship where we say, out of my, my, my deepest parts of me, I'm going to just commit my life to you. I'm going to follow your ways. Out of that flows trust. And out of that flows this relationship. And from the inside, the outside begins to work. The outside begins to work better. Um, today, there's some people that are here today, and um, there's, a, there's a verse I'm going to read to you. But before I do, um, this is God's invitation to you. All right? Um, 
I'm not, I'm not prone to not ever have this happening to me because sometimes it does. Sometimes I go through seasons and I go through things where my heart begins to get influenced by things that shouldn't get influenced by. Um, I take in these things and all of a sudden my heart becomes focused on what I want, not on what God wants. Um, some of us in this room, um, our hearts are actually so unhealthy that it blocks everything that God wants us to accomplish in life. In Ezekiel 36:26, this is what God is asking of us. He says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. If we open our life to God, these are the kind of things God wants to do because he understands the importance of our heart. Now, when we, have a, when we have a stony, stubborn heart, it keeps us from God's best and actually pushes people away and it doesn't produce anything good in our life. He's saying, but if you'll come to me and ask me, I'll actually give you a new heart. I'll take out the heart of stone. Another translation says, and put in a heart of flesh for you. And all it takes is us inviting God to say, God, show me. God, fix my heart. God, work in me. And it's like a heart transplant. He begins to do something very, sometimes it almost seems very drastic, where he changes where the focus is all about me to saying, God, there's something more here. I want a new heart. And some of you here today, and in your life, all these issues that you're going through, for a long time I think you thought they're everybody else's issues and they're everybody else's problem. And God is saying, no, no, no. Those circumstances, they only reveal what's in the heart. Even in the worst of circumstances, our ability to respond to those things is what the gift that God's given us. Not, we don't have to be controlled by what happened. We can walk in freedom despite what happened. That's, that's, the, that's the message that God tells us, is despite whatever happened to you, you don't have to live that way. You can live a better way. Let me bring out the best in you. Let's not stay stuck in the past, but let's move forward. Let me remove that heart of stone and give you a soft heart of flesh. Let me work in your life. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? If you're here today, you came and Maybe as I'm talking through this, you realize that all the issues in your life, they're just pointing to something greater in your life. All the external things are really pointing to something internal that God wants to fix and that's more important to him. He wants to fix your heart so you can accomplish good things in this life, so you can be successful in your relationships, so you can be healthy. But it takes you and a willingness and a humility to say, God, I can't do it on my own. God, I need your help. God, reveal to me, even when it's painful, really what's in my heart. And then let God work on this and work in you and work on your heart. And that, that means that you have to trust him on this journey where you say, okay, I have to begin to, to think differently. I have to let the influence of my life change. I have to stop going to those places that don't bring fulfillment. God, help me have a new heart. It means you change your influences. It means you pay attention to your words. It means you pay attention to your thoughts and what you focus on, what your eyes are focused on, and your actions. So if you're here today and you would say, I want to pray with you and invite God to give me a new heart. I want to invite God to fix what's going on in my life. So there's a scripture in, in, in Romans that says that, um, that if we call upon the Lord, He'll save us. That if we believe in our hearts that, that Jesus rose from the dead and we confess with our mouth our sins, that he, he forgives us of all those things. Like it's, it's a way of confessing and saying, God, 
I have stuff in my heart that's not good, that's unhealthy, and I, I'm sorry, help me get it out. And the moment we acknowledge that we can't do it on our own, that we need God, he shows up. So Dave, if that's you, would you do me a favor and would you lift your hand right now and let me know that you're here. I want to pray. I want, I want to invite God to work in my heart because I need his help. Awesome. I see quite a few hands. Anybody else? You don't have to stay stuck. You don't, have let, you don't have to let the circumstances or the issues you find yourselves in dictate your life. You can be free. But it starts with your heart. Awesome. Anybody else? All right. If you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? It's an invitation saying, God, give me a new heart. God, work in my life. If you're a Christ follower or a Christian, would you pray with us so we're not praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. I believe you died on that cross in my place to fix me, to give me a way back to you. I want you to be my God today. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my past. Help me to become a new person. Would you remove my stony heart and give me a new heart that's responsive to you? Lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those today that prayed that prayer? If you, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome. When I was 14 and I prayed that prayer, I meant it. God began to do something in my life. Here's the thing. It didn't all work out instantly and everything was fixed. It was a process. And it still is a process. And it will never stop being a process. It's, it's a journey that we say, God, work in my heart. And he works in our heart and he leads us on this path. And then as soon as we find ourselves, he says, hey, hey, that's not a good path. Like, turn away. Work in my heart. And one of the greatest influences you can have is, is, is his word, the Bible. And if you don't have a, a Bible on the way out, would you pick one up? It's the second part. It's the New Testament. I would encourage you to begin to read, go through the Gospels, go through the whole uh, New Testament and read the, the stories of, of these people that are on this journey with God and Jesus' teachings and how they can help you.